This is The Wow Show, and I'm your host, China Myers. There's a name that can silence every fear. There's a love that embraces the heartache, the pain, and the tears. Through my faith and my doubting, I know one thing for sure. His word is unfailing. Promise secure. Don't know I'll start again. Everything will be alright. Whole world's in his hands. Your whole world's in his hands. In the darkness and the trials, he's faithful and he is true. The whole world's in his hands. You don't know I'll start again. Say everything's gonna be alright, but my circumstances say I won't last through the night. I need your word to hold me now. I need you to pull me through. I need a miracle, a breakthrough. I need you. They say you hold the whole universe in your hand, but my world's falling apart like it is made of sand. Am I small enough to slip through the cracks? Can you take my broken pieces and put them back? Give me faith. You believe you are on my side. Open my eyes to see you working in my life. Let the past remind me you'd never fail and tell my soul it is well. Oh, y todo va a estar bien. Everything will be alright. The whole world's in His hands. Your whole world's in His hands. In the darkness, in the trials, He's faithful and He's true. Your whole. Today's guest is Gerald L. Hoover. In 1993, Gerald was awarded Best New Male Writer of the Year by the Literary Society of Virginia. In 1994 through 96, he was listed as best-selling author among young black writers and in various African American publications. In 1995, Gerald was awarded the Writers Corp Award by Bill Clinton. In 1998. He was inducted into the Mount Vernon Boys and Girls Club Hall of Fame, the same club Denzel Washington grew up in and still supports today. Gerald lectured at universities in other countries, along with teaching. In 2003, he was awarded the Citation of Merit Award for his work with youth from Bronx elementary and middle schools. In 2007. Gerald was featured in a Sunday story recognizing him for his documentary material. In 2011, he was nominated honorable mention for the best sports writer of the year. Also in 2011, Gerald was the semifinalist in the Gotham Screenplay Contest. Even with all his accolades, he is humble, kind, and God-fearing. Knowing that he is nothing without God. What a great pleasure! I am here today with Gerald L. Hoover. He is an incredible person. He has been around the world, teaching and speaking and writing, directing documentaries, but mostly 
He loves God. So God picked him to be on the show, and I am very, very grateful you are here today. Thank you for being with us. Gerald, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, and thank you, China, for uh, allowing me to be and, and be on and share your platform. Yeah, I appreciate it. I really do. You told me in our conversation that you had a speech impediment. Were you born with that? Did you acquire that at a certain age? How did that go for you? And you overcame it. So how did you do that as well? Two things. I'm still overcoming it, which I like to say, because okay. I still stutter and I still talk okay. fast. I think it came into being when I was about seven or eight. So I don't know if I was born with it or not. You know, I might have been born with it and it sort of was dormant. Manifested. Came out. Yeah, it, uh, it might have ma manifested when I heard somebody else stuttering. I never forget it was a lady named Christine that lived next to my aunt Quay in the Bronx in Throsneck. And she stuttered. And I used to mock her. But I don't think that's why I stuttered. But I think I was mocking her because I was just mocking her. And right. I remember that I started stuttering myself. And, that, and I talked fast. So I had two whammies. I talked fast and I stuttered. That I mean, I, I wasn't embarrassed. I mean, because I mean, I was I was still you know myself, but that really played a part of my my confidence and speaking out loud or speaking in church. Like say, when I grew up in church, so I went to Sunday school. Okay. I never liked to speak up front because I stuttered, you know, mm -hmm. and so I, that that stayed with me. But I kind of look at that as when a blind man um, has impeccable hearing. Mm -hmm. Or if a person has, a, you know, abnormality on right. one side body, they have super strength on the other side. And Correct. so I looked at that as a person that couldn't speak that well, but I was able to write. I was able oh. to put things in my mind and just write. And so okay. I looked at that as a, a tool for me. And so right. I guess it gave me confidence to be a better writer or aspire, or aspire to be a better writer. But how I got over it. I, I, I tell a quick story. I was I was at Norfolk State. I was a freshman, and the student body, the, the senior president, heard of me as, as a. I was, I'm writing. I'm still in draft mode. Okay. And I heard that Nikki. G, no, he told me that Nikki Giovanni was coming on campus to speak to the student body, the uh, the, the, the seniors, and okay. uh, he invited me to to come. He said, "Look, I'll let you spend 15 minutes with her, but then that's it. Then you have to go to class or whatever you got to do." And he was cool about that. I mean, the fact that he let me do it, I thought was was was, was phenomenal. Really? Long story short, for some reason, she took a, she took a liking to me, mm -hmm. and within the first 15 minutes, because I because I went to her uh, her, her the, the office that they put her in, she said, "You have class." I said, "Yeah, I have class." She said, "I'm writing. I'm a I'm giving I'm gonna give you an excuse to stay with me." And uh, listen, I miss class B with you. No problem. So she yeah. told me that one time, and I, I was good. But I, but she had. We talked about sports. And she's a big sports fanatic. I mean, she knew sports. I mean, she knew life, everything. But she allowed me to be with her. She even allowed me to sit on the stage with her. You know, I, I was on the side, but she was talking to the students. And I was on the side, and yeah. uh, I spent about eight hours with her. And mm -hmm. I never forget when we left. When she was about to leave, she said, "Young man." When your book comes out, she didn't say if, she said when. She said, when your book comes out, I want you to go to every state, every microphone, every camera, every this, every that, and just speak. Like, notice I said camera, microphone, everything like that, right? I, we wasn't um, or, or tape recorder, I was just saying, because this is yeah. the 80s. Right. And I told her, I said, um, I said, well, I stutter. I mean, 
she could hear it because I, I was we together. Yeah. She looked at me and said, "Get over it." <gasps> right. Now, it sounds like that's something I would say. <laughs> but it, but it, but no, but it sounded like a punch in the gut because I was right. like, man, that was kind of harsh. Baiting. Yes, it, it was, and I mean, and that, that was forty years ago. She told me, oh, well, thirty nine years ago, it was in nineteen eighty four. She told me this, and I still remember it. She said, "Get over it." Mm -hmm. But what she did was she put something inside me, right, that motivated me to say two things: if you want to get out there, mm -hmm. you're gonna have to speak, and if you want to make money as a writer, you better learn how to talk. Right. So I went to work, and one of the things that I did was I started recording myself speaking. Okay. And to hear how I sounded when I said certain things. Right. Then I also noticed this. I didn't stutter when I was laying down talking to women on the phone. Oh, right? Okay. If, I'm if I'm talking to girls, girls on the phone, yeah. I, I didn't stutter. And right. it was like, the reason why I didn't stutter because I was relaxed. Right. You know, I was at... I was chill. Right. So you weren't rushing. I wasn't rushing. So words flow would flow out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. Then I and then I started to learn as I, you know, as as I was progressing in my therapy, if you would, in my self therapy. Right. That I was left brain and right brain. Meaning okay. I would try to get things I would try to get thoughts out of my head too quick, too fast. Okay. Okay. And it's like two cars, you know, going, you know, at an intersection. Okay. Instead of one Stopping and letting the other one go, they right. both press the gas, and what you have, boom, you have crash. Mm -hmm. Right. So, what happened? What happened was what being I was thinking or overthinking, if you whatever you call it, from both sides of the brain. Then my and as words would come, they were spasm in my larynx. That that would cause me to stutter. Okay. But so I learned that if I allow myself to slow down and flow, and then remember the words that gave you trouble, words that started with a P. S T M and you know something like that, certain things like that that gave me a lot of problems or an S. Right. Learn how to slow down. Like driving down the driving down the highway. You when there's an exit sign, you slow down. Mm -hmm. You don't you don't right. get off at you don't get off at the exit going seventy miles an hour. You'll turn over. So I had to learn right. how when, when certain things were coming, slow down, pull back, and sort of go flow. And then once I Learn how to relax and be calm, be chill. Words start to flow, and the, I the better I, the better I got, the more confidence I got. Was your trouble at the beginning of your sentence, or at the end of your sentence, or it didn't really matter? It was just it those matter. key, I, key I, words, it, key yeah, letters. It, 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 yeah, it didn't matter because I could be talking, and then if I got nervous, mm -hmm. as I was speaking, because I know that I'm either talking too fast or stuttering, then it can get worse. So it didn't matter. It was at the beginning, end, or whatever. It, it, it would just happen. Right. So you basically, know? you had to stay in control when, you ha when you're having a conversation, basically. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you my breakthrough, China. The breakthrough I really got was, mm -hmm. I, was I was actually a keynote speaker at a school in Brooklyn. Okay. I, I, I graduation at that. And I'm like, oh, graduation? Yeah, graduation. Okay. I wrote the speech. Right. I wrote it, so I'm mean, I can write a speech. I, if you tell me, you said you write me a speech on this, I can write the speech for you and give it to you. And yeah, then, and we don't be no problem. You'll read it, of course, but I'll write it for you. But now mm -hmm. I'm trying to read my own speech, right? So right. I had the paper on the podium, and I thought I would be able to read it at lib, read it at lib, or whatever. Don't yeah. work like that when you write. 
it's a little different when you write it for yourself. It's like a lot, whole lot different. So I'm trying to talk, look at the audience, look at my notes, talk, look at the, and I got got awkward because I never really did it before. And now that I'm sitting, I'm standing on a stage talking to like 300 people, right? Wow. Strange at that because it wasn't like I, I had no relatives in that school. They, I was there to speak. Right. So what I what I did China was weird. I really had my big breakthrough. I I I said to the audience, I said, "Look, I'm trying to read a speech that I wrote for you, and it's not working well. You see, I'm losing you. I'm losing the audience. I've, I've lost you." I wow, said, the reason that why took I a lot of courage. And, and see, and the reason why I said the reason why I was transparent, I said the reason why I did is because I stutter, right. I have a speech impediment. So I'm trying to read because I figure if I read it, it'll be a lot easier than talking and stuttering. I said, right. well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you what's on my heart. Tell you what's in my head, on my heart, and I'm going to give it to you straight yeah. and let you go for it. I said, and then here's, here's where I really grew. I said, if I stutter and you laugh, I'm going to laugh with you. Yeah. So what I did, what I did was I took the boogeyman out of my head. Yeah. So by taking yeah. the boogeyman out of my head, right. I got more confident. And I spoke. Yeah. I got standing ovation. I, I spoke. I started a little bit wow. because I was. It was still, you know, new. I got a right. standing ovation. When wow. I got that, I got confident. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, now I'm mean, one year. I spoke at twelve graduations. Actually, thirteen. Wow. Wow. It was, well, it was see, twelve formal graduations and one at night. Confidence is the key to everything, isn't it? Listen to me, my friend. It's funny yeah. you say that. On, on my new logo, it says mm-hmm. Gerald Productions. Mm-hmm. LLC, and then under it, it says confidence is the key to the breakthrough. Yeah. Conf- China, confidence, and I know you have questions for me, so I, 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 I'm going to get to them. But yeah. Confidence is a skill. Yes. It's a skill. It it's is. not just I something agree. you have. Confidence and patience yes. are skills that yes. you can acquire, but right. you have to work for it. I'll exactly. tell you how. I'll tell you how. One way. Understanding mm-hmm. can breed knowledge. Mm-hmm. Knowledge will breed power. Mm-hmm. Power will organically breed confidence. Mm-hmm. Confidence in itself doesn't have to stay be there. Confidence right. is the flame that activates faith. Right. Faith is an action word. Mm-hmm. Faith ain't just say, oh, I just have no, no. Because when you have faith, things are supposed to move. Right. They, right. Things ain't things aren't the same when you say I have faith. No. Right. But you need something to have that faith to motivate it. Right. Confidence is the key. But when I say understanding, understanding what's going on, that gives you knowledge. And what, what the Bible says, my my children are, are destroyed for lack of what? Knowledge. Right. And what the and what the Sir Isaac Bacon say in 1597, knowledge is power. He was the one who coined that phrase. Yeah. He probably don't even know why he said it. He just right. said it. But then again, he might have known because I might I'm, let, let me let me go back on something. He might have known because what slavery started, what, around 1555, somewhere mm-hmm. around that time. And yeah. they knew that by keeping the, our four our forefathers and mothers ignorant, they couldn't mm-hmm. do anything. Because right. if the slaves were able to read and write and process right. information, slavery would have been no more. Right. Because organically, you would have had Every plantation, every house, or what have you, would have had a Nat Turner on it. That yeah. would have just shut down slavery right then and there. Mm-hmm. But by keeping people in the dark, you can control right. them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if uh, you don't yeah. know, I mean, so so that that passage in the scripture has a wide range of meaning to it. I think was was a Jose four and five, I believe it is. 
it, it has has a, a has a powerful meaning when you say when it says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because if you don't know where to go, you can't get there. Right. It, it's, right. it's almost like if I told you, like if I gave you a package and say, okay, China, take this to my house. Yeah. Now, I didn't give you an address. I didn't give you a city, state, or anything. I just said, take this to my house. Right. You go. You've been like, okay. What am I gonna do with this? How do I get there? What is? Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean. So you sit there with with this piece in your hand or what have you, with nothing to do with it. So right. if you have knowledge and know how to, how to get somewhere, you cannot gain you cannot gain power or confidence. From right. there, faith won't be activated. Exactly. Well, see, it's like you know, like you said, doing anything, you need confidence. You know, when I wanted to start a radio show, people were like, well, how are you gonna do that? We can guess from God gave me the confidence and I said to myself, I can do it. So I started looking into things and my daughter helped me and voila, here you go. Man. But that that's anything driving, uh, getting a job, you know, speak, like you said, speaking to people, it doesn't matter. You have to have confidence. Some people can't even go out in public to the grocery store. You know why? Cause they don't have any confidence. And, and their confidence has, like you said, the boogeyman has let them believe that they're no good or they're funny looking or they're, you know, this or that. Listen, God made all of his children perfect. I tell people all the time, okay, you're perfect in your way. I'm perfect in my way. It's, it's no, I look better than you. You look better than me. None of that. You know, my daughter said to me one day, do you think I have a big nose? I said, your nose is perfect for your face. That's the way God made it. Now I have a smaller nose, but would my nose look good on her face? And would her face would her nose look good on mine? No, because that's God made us all individually perfect. So I believe that we cannot. There's no such word as can't. We can do anything. And what that lady said to you, I probably would have said the same thing. I remember my youngest son telling me one time, uh, "Oh, I feel depressed." I said, "Get over it." I said, "Life is hard," you know. Harder for some people more than others, okay? But you get over that hurdle, you keep moving forward. If God blesses you, okay, enough where you can wake up the next morning, you can make a better decision, you, you know, you can do things right. You have that opportunity. So why waste it on being depressed or sad or, you know, that don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't have empathy for people. No, no, no. I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. You but you know, saying? when you're from China, sometimes it's hormonal and there's nothing China, you can do about it. But yeah, it's like it, it, China. I'm gonna tell you something that's most deep. Most of the time, it's up in the head. God don't deal with pity. No. I'm gonna tell you what I said. No, 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 no. And you may say, "Wow, God, God, God's mercy. God is, God is everything that's great, gold. And God is all that." Yeah. I don't deal with pity. That's why yeah. it's almost a sin to feel sorry for somebody. I you know, believe you can feel that. empathy for them, right. where you can help them. But right. now God in with that. Case in point, look what he, look what he told Joe when Joe yeah. was. I think it was around forty chapter somewhere, somewhere around somewhere around there 40, 43, somewhere around there where God. I mean, Joe was like you know, he was like going. He, he was just, just he was just whining, whining. God <laughs> said, God said. And I mean, this is God now. I mean, like this is God. God said. <laughs> Gird up thy loins like a man. Yeah. Whoa. See? <laughs> no, no, wait, 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 wait. This is God. This, this ain't a yeah. mother. This ain't a dad. This ain't a yeah. big brother. No, this was God. Right. Elohim. Jehovah. He says, gird up thy loins like a man. I mm -hmm. command of thee. 
Yeah. And then, okay, okay, now, then look, look what he told Joshua about this book of the law should I come, should not depart from thy mouth. And he gave the secret to success and prosperity and, and confidence. Mm -hmm. But what he said, be strong and have a good courage. God don't deal with that stuff. God don't, God, I mean, it may sound funny when I say this, but God's not a loser. God right. don't deal with that. God right. don't deal with defeat. And let's be honest, depression is of the devil because right. it's, it is. God, God is not going to deal with depression. No. He's not going to no. do that. I agree. And and, and he's going to give us the tools to where we can do things. Matter of fact, check this out, China. My We're sister always did. given tools. Yes. Oh, uh, check this check this out. If you want to know how God worked, read Genesis first chapter. Listen, if Listen, you want to know God, how God works, read Genesis huh? one to eleven. And God said, "Think about China. This God was not worrying about faith. Oh, if I say it was no." God was operating strictly on confidence. Yes. Faith did the work. Yeah. Faith did, faith did the work. Yeah. But confidence was spoken from God. And that wasn't faith. He was like, oh, I say it, it's going to happen. No, no. Let there be, light be, do this, do that, do. Yeah. He spoke from sheer confidence. Yeah. And faith did the work. And I'm going to say no how. Question. Say, there was no, no question. There was no question. Because. To show you how faith works, what did Jesus say to when people accomplish something? He would say, "Thy what made thee whole? Thy faith made thee whole. Thy faith made thee whole." Right. Man, think about with the ten lepers when the one came back, right? Yeah, and he was yes. grateful, thankful, and so forth and so forth. And that's another key element to blessing yes. too: being thankful and grateful. Yes. So your so faith he, made you better. He thankful. He yes. said, "Your faith made you whole. I healed you." Yeah, he faith didn't heal him. Right. Jesus healed them. Yeah. Jesus said, go sold yourself to the priest. The yeah. minute they took one step, boom, it was healed. Yes. But when he and came in back, all right. of us, we have that ability, right? We have that ability to heal ourselves. We have our, we have that ability to conquer things. We have that ability to overcome things. We have that ability, but we've got to realize these things, okay? If we don't realize these things, you know, we become one of those people, oh, I can't talk to people, and you know, I can't go out, oh, I have a hard time talking to people. Why? Why do you have a hard time talking to people? That person is no better than you, okay? It doesn't matter if he's a CEO of a company or working in a grocery store. You know, I look at people as people, human beings, and all us human beings are, are from Adam and Eve, okay? And so that means that one is not better than the other. So when you get that out of your head and you focus on that, you can do anything. I believe that. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, it's God, God ordained. But, but, but like I told you the blueprint, understanding, Yep. knowledge, Yep. power, confidence, faith. You get those two, you get those five elements right there. You operate in victory because you can't not do it. What you just said a few seconds ago was a microcosm of my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Yeah. That is, and, and what the Bible also told, what the Bible also tells us, and all you're getting, get understanding. These are, this is a cheat code. It, it really, it's a cheat code. Yeah, yeah. It's a cheat code to victory. It's a right. cheat code. What did Jesus tell us? Uh, what's it, Matt, Mark what, 11, 22, 24? Have mm -hmm. faith in God. Yeah. Then with the yeah. paraphrasing it, you speak to this mountain, tell it to move. It got to move. Yeah, definitely. And, and, I mean, it, it, it's a. And, and it's, just so fun, it's funny. 
and I'm, I'm doing studies on this now about metaphysics and quantum physics. Okay. At the end of the day, sis, that ain't nothing but Jesus talking in the Bible. Amen. Metaphys I mean, it's, no, it's good to learn from a scientist standpoint because the more you know, the more sure. you operate with it. But quantum right. physics, metaphysics, Jesus was doing that on steroids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, had, he walked on water. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, he had he had uh, 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 Peter walk on water. Yeah. I mean, he he turned water into wine. He he, he made a meal for thousands of people at a yeah. what was it five loaves like two fish, fish bread. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, quantum physics right in front of you. Yeah. Right. And, and now, once you learn how to deal with okay, what's quantum physics? How does it work? How does metaphysics work? How does how does the subconscious mind work? How does right. that? If we start. It ain't mumbo jumbo. It's no. real stuff. But it's now, when you factor when you factor God's spirit with that as the overlining, then you walk in victory in, a, in this universe. You walk. You you walk in power. Nothing Listen, can defeat you, right? If God tells us that we're just a little lower than angels, that tells you something. Yeah, no, seriously. It, yeah. It, if we just the Bible tells us like was it, I think it's Psalms eight around mm -hmm. that time. Yeah. What is man? What is man? It was, it was like an angel saying, "What in the world is this? That it yeah. made us a little lower than the angels?" Yeah, that was that was that was, that was angels talking. Like that was like, "What is man?" That you, yeah. gave this, you gave him glory and honor and gave him dominion. So we yeah. walk. What's the word I'm looking for? That failure. Because I don't use I don't use the word failure, but we walk in underachievement. No, no, <laughs> we walk in. Yeah, well, sin, the sin is the miss of the mark, of course. But yeah. we walk in underachievement all the time by simply with our speech, yeah, and our thought process. Yes, think. Say, do if you if you read what Joshua first chapter five through nine, yeah, that's everything you need to know on how to think, say, and do. That's right. that's cheat code. He yeah. gave when God was talking to Joshua, all right, Moses gone, he with me, all right, he right. with me. All right, don't worry about Moses, no, he gone, he, he with me. It's right. your show now. You this have to fight the, the giants, right? You got to do this, and you know how to do it. But here's what here's what you got to do because Joshua was dealing with all kinds of stuff, he had to deal with people who. Who thought they should have been the man? He yeah. he was. He was he fight with dealing with the enemy. He was dealing with the people that was getting on his got got on Moses' nerves. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had to deal with all that, right? He had right. To deal with all that stuff. So God said, "Okay, this, this the cheat code. Boom. Think, say, do. The words I give you, speak it. The words I give you, meditate on it. The words I give you, think on it. It's like oh, that, that's how we can succeed. You're 100 percent right. And and how we do that, how how that doesn't happen. Okay, let's just say, for example, it happened to my mom. She was frying some fish, and she was cutting up the fish, and she had a hatchet. So when she turned, the hatchet fell off the counter, cut off the back of her foot. But she didn't know it, right? You know why she didn't know it? Because she didn't see it. The minute she seen it, that's when the pain came. So the brain is connected to what we have to do. But we can't let the brain be in, in charge. We have to be in charge of the brain. And the, and the sooner we realize that, the better off we'll be. Because when you say you're feeling sad, okay, that's your brain because you haven't eaten all day, possibly. Your blood sugar's dropping, okay? It could be a brain because, you know, you're getting your hormones are mixed up. You're getting your menstrual, you know? Maybe you got too much testosterone. Who knows? But you have to be in control of your brain so that you can succeed because your brain, I believe, 
is controlled by the devil. The devil likes to control us in that way, you know, because he can make us imagine things. He can make us feel things. He can make us, you know, what things. And if we're in control of our brain, you know, and God has his Holy Spirit in us, we can overcome and conquer and, and survive anything, you know? And, and, and walk in victory, walk in complete victory. And how do you do that? We got to flush our mind, even if it's just a verse. Yeah. You got to have a verse in your head. You got you to gotta have a verse that you either, that you either, your eyeballs look at every day, you recite to yourself every day. Sing, it's something that you got to speak. I mean, it, it, what, what, what's the Bible tell us? Man should not live by bread alone, but by right. what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's how man live. So in order for your brain to, that you spoke about to get nourishment, to get fed, to get this and that and the third that, that, that it needs, you got to have God. Even if you don't do that, but, but recite the 23rd Psalm every day. Just A word has to be in that mind because yeah. that is where, that's where the feeding ground is because the subconscious mind and the conscious mind are two different levels. Right. And it's and it's almost like a good and evil in a sense. But yeah. the subconscious mind listens to everything you speak about because it, it has no it has no it has, in other words, it has no sense of humor. It, it's just right. there. As a matter of fact, it's like water. It's like water. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go to if you go to water and put it in the pot and set a flame under it, it's gonna get hot. Right. You take the same water and put it in a tray, put it in the freezer, it's gonna be, it's gonna become ice. Right. You know what I mean? It, it, it's go. Oh, you put that. Take the same water and drop red dye in. It's gonna turn red. You turn yes. blue. So it's gonna do whatever you have it to do. It's exactly dead. right. But so, it all starts with humility. We have oh, to sure. learn humility. You know why? Because our egos, okay, tell us that oh, you know, I'm the best thing, and you know, they should be grateful for me. No, wait a second, okay. Humility teaches us that, okay, I want to do better. I want to be a better person. I want to treat people better. I want to forgive people. I want to say I'm sorry. But if you have an ego, those things aren't in your wheelhouse. You don't apologize. <laughs> yes. and, and, and never never shall the two meet. The two shall meet, yeah. Yeah, it, it's one is water, the other one is hot fish grease. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, confidence brings brings and draws things and people to you mm-hmm. arrogance pushes them away i agree it's I the agree. same it's the same attitude the same energy yeah but knowing what's in charge who gave it to you and how you got right. it right. right confidence is nothing wrong with having confidence because that's god that that's godly if, you, if yeah. it's done in, in, in the right way, arrogance is never godly. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, I it's agree. You're, you're thinking on a whole other playing field. Whole other playing thinking, field. You actually you think thinking. you're better than me. If you uh, got listen, it. If you're you arrogant. <laughs> know, you can be blessed, but it's always a matter of thank you, Lord. I appreciate this. Thank you so much. Yes. Give me more. That's a different thing because you know where that bread is butted. You know yes. it ain't me that did it. Okay, I may be doing the physical work, right? Because I'm I'm able to manifest it and do different things of that nature, but where the butter came from, where the knife came from, where the bread came from, is from above. And so, yeah. so that that is where you, again, if you look at when Jesus spoke to that leper that came back, where the other nine? Yeah, they didn't come back because they were they didn't come back. And, 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 and when he said, when he said, basically his thanks and his, and being his gratitude and his thanks triggered his faith to right. where his faith made him whole, 
I yeah. was like, oh, okay. So that was the whole lot that went on. Like I said earlier, Jesus already healed him. So his faith didn't heal him. Right. Jesus, the, the healing came from Jesus' work. The fact that, like I said, the minute they started walking toward this priest, healing took place. Bam. Right. When Jesus Automatically, spoke the word, yes. When Jesus said, church to the priest, he activated faith. He activated the healing. But yeah. again, the elements of uh, uh, being grateful, being thankful, mm-hmm. and that's and that's humility because when you're, thankful, you're showing humility because you're yeah. knowing where it's coming from. Yeah, that triggered faith. Oh man, he was whole. It was a, yeah. so those other those other gentlemen got healed. Yeah, they weren't made whole like him. No, that's a, that's a no. whole that's a whole that's a whole nother, that was a whole nother healing. Whole yeah. nother healing. Mm-hmm. Wholeness and and being healed. Whole yeah. different animal. Yeah, because they were probably ostracized as well. You know, they were leopards. So well, you got remember, you, yeah, you got guys at the camp. Uh, no, 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 you got no, you can't come here. No, no, no. Yeah. You, you, but but then yeah. the stigma of even having having had it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's almost like right. you know, it's, you know. But but again, this gentleman being being made whole, yeah. he walked on us, uh, man. When, they, when he if he went back to that camp, he was on this level. They were oh, on that yeah. level. Hello everyone. Before we get back to the inspirational wow show, I want to take a moment and talk about China Myers' best-selling gripping heartfelt book titled A Letter to God. You can find this true life story on Amazon. Now, back to the wow show. Now I got a question for you. You a author and you won an award for best new male writer for your book. My friend, my hero. What was that like writing it, and and what prompted you to do so? Well, I wrote a. Well, my dad, my mom, and oh, my, my not my mom, my dad. Unfortunately, he's not with us anymore. He was a drug addict and alcoholic. He grew up in the sixties, been to the Vietnam War. It just, just was a mess, yeah. and he got caught up with uh, alcohol. And well, alcohol ran through the family. That's how the family was laden with alcoholics. Unfortunately, so alcohol just destroyed. The, the family. I wrote a speech, and I was 17 years old, and my speech was directed to other young men and women that, you know, my age. And the, the speech was designed to encourage them not to do drugs, not, not to do alcohol, go to school, do all kind of do this and the third, and, and be righteous with it. And we, I had no platform. I had no platform for which to speak to where the speech would go. Don't forget, I told you I stuttered, so I wasn't going to give the speech. I wasn't going to give the speech myself, and. We didn't have social media back then. We didn't have blogs and that kind of stuff. So it kind of laid dormant until the Lord gave me the idea to write a story about two young men growing up in Mount Vernon, New York, and make one a basketball player, and the other one would be the friend. And you will have one of them give the speech at some point in the book. So okay. the speech became a message to where I created, through fasting and praying, these fictional characters to allow them to live life, right? And then one of them would give the speech and some other things would happen behind it. So that's what that, that was the impetus of it. Now, here's the thing too, okay? I got the message to write the book. I had no, no nothing to write it with. I had no desk, no typewriter, none of that. And okay, that's a, that's a typewriter. That, that wasn't a miss, I didn't misspeak. Desk typewriter. Uh, uh, because we didn't have computers back then, okay? Right. And, and, and computers back then would have been more of a data processor, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. And that would have been the size of your, your refrigerator if you was able yeah. to bring, bring it to your home. So, 
I, I grew up in the projects, you know, I didn't have that. I wrote by hand the first nine drafts. And I wrote on it on my mother's ironing board because I didn't have a wow. desk. I would write from page one to page 200. I thankfully I had, I had I have an old, he still with us. I have an older cousin that looked after me. He made me become a better reader. He made me read five books uh, before I became more serious about writing because he needed, he said his thing was in order for you to be a, a serious writer, you got to be a serious reader. And yeah, I'm thinking, like, well, sure. I want to be a serious reader. I'm writing books. He said, no, 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 no. You have to learn knowledge is what power. So yeah. I had to learn certain fundamental truths that that would have allowed me to become a better writer. Mm-hmm. And so I went through nine drafts of writing by hand. And when I say writing, I'm talking about on a weekend, I would sometimes get up at 7 o'clock in the morning, take a shower, eat some Cheerios or whatever cereal I, I had. And I would write from, say, 9 o'clock to about maybe 1, get wow. some lunch, something like that, rest my eyes for a bit, and get back at it at 2, and go mm-hmm. from 2 o'clock to 8. And then maybe get, 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 eat some dinner and then rest my eyes a little bit, stretch out a little bit, and then go from about maybe nine o'clock to like one or two or three o'clock on the neck the next morning. Wow. I would, do that. I would do that on weekends. I would do that school breaks, holidays, different things of that nature because, again, I'm writing by hand. And what was amazing was I would write, say, fill, fill up a notebook, give it to my cousin uh, Ronald, and he would edit, make edits. Some, some edits would be like on a sticky note. Yeah, a lot of edits would be on another piece of paper that he would just write stuff out and then tape it or 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 staple it to a page. Yeah, and then I had to write my stuff and his edits. And sometimes China, the book would go from this size originally to that size because he (laughs) put so many different things in it. But I had to handwrite everything through, and I'm like, how did I? Now it's easy for me to say this now because. We in this world of technology where you can talk into a phone and get words. But yeah. back then I had to do what I had to do. I never forget this quick story. I was it was a it was a it was a summer month. It was like, like in June. I was in my, my room writing on my mother's ironing board, because that, that was my makeshift desk. And I'm sweating. I mean, we're on the 10th floor living in the, in the projects. We didn't have any AC back then, but we could open up the windows. Right. Mm-hmm. And I could hear my friends outside playing. I, I'm I, I lived on the 10th floor, but I could hear them, I could hear them having a good time. And yeah. I'll never forget, I, I lift my head up and looked outside my window. And it was the prettiest blue sky you ever wanted to see, China. I mean, it looked picturesque, gorgeous. Yeah. And I remember I remember looking outside and saying to my saying to myself, kinda out loud if you would, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like why like why why am I I'm I'm it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm almost just writing a book and my friends are outside playing. Yeah. And I said, Why am I doing this? And it's clear as you hear my voice speaking. A voice came to me and said, this is not just about you. Keep writing. Wow. And, of course, my young naive. Now, I didn't go to the window because I, I didn't I didn't want to see anything spinning around like that. So <laughs> I knew it was the Lord speaking to me. So I just turned my little hot pots that around and kept writing. But then in my mind, and I, I guess God allowed me to do this for the energy that I needed. I'm thinking that. Next year, I'm be riding around in a, a Honda Civic. That's what I wanted back then. I'm be riding <laughs> around. Uh, I'm going to I'm be on Oprah, <laughs> Phil Donahue, Dinah Show, all these old, all these old talk shows. Yeah, not, not so fast. <laughs> From that moment on, it took eight more years to get published. Yeah. And so, when you say best novel of the year, that happened in 1993. I got awarded that 
from the Virginia Literacy Society. I've been I've been talking about that ever since. <laughs> That's incredible. I, I'm so happy for you because you put in so much hard work too. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, great. I, 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 it, it's an, I'm synonymous with hard work. Tell me about the award you received from Writers Corp. Yeah, that that was a quote from um, Bill Clinton's Writers Corp. There was a ceremony with me and other recipients at, at Central Park. I believe that was in 1995, and okay. I got a, I got a grant or stipend, uh, if you would, for um, the Writers Corp award. I was awarded that. That felt really good. I mean, for I me to be to to be to have to have an award and at, at, at best novel writer of the year. And then get this, and then I became a celebrity in my town, Mount Vernon, New York. <laughs> and I even got inducted into the Boys and Girls Club Hall of Fame, right. which is the same Hall of Fame that Denzel Washington uh, is a member of. And so, I always knew that persistence with me was synonymous. I, I mean, they, they, they went hand in hand. So much so that my first newspaper clipping came out December tenth, nineteen ninety two. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, December 12th, 1992. And I just celebrated 30 years of the... I had a picture of the, had a picture of the article, article. My mother's uh, former boss had bronzed and laminated it. Wow. And, um, and matter of fact, I'll I, I, I let you take a picture. It's, it's right on my office wall. I'm, I'm not sure how oh, much you can see it. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. And, and, and it says, what's crazy, it says, persistence pays off. That was <laughs> yeah. the caption. And I'm That's like... That's for sure. I'm like... <laughs> I'm still doing this thing 30 years later, but it, it's, it's been a wonderful journey, and uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, I don't blame you. How did you receive the Citation Merit Award? Uh, from, from Bronxboro President Adolfo Carrion, and that was a wonderful uh, thing. Uh, his press secretary got a hold of me. He gave me a big certificate, and also I had television coverage. Uh, yeah, in Bronx, and uh, um, they, 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 had, they had the award ceremony at a Barnes and Noble in Co-op City in the Bronx. It was big too. I, I was I was surprised. They made that thing big. I got an award from the Duffel Carrion at the at a Barnes and Noble. Yeah, because he was citing the stuff I was doing because most of my my sales come from schools, either okay. schools, churches, or community based organizations. But I'm doing I'm doing quite a bit in schools now, and and, and I love it because that's where kids students are. Yeah, you, know I mean? you need you need to spread the word that way, right? Oh so yeah, and you find them where they are, either mm -hmm. community-based organization, a church, or school, of course. You and can so inspire I, I, them. Then. Oh yeah. What was your documentary about? Four oh, it, square it, miles to glory. Right. What was that Mount about? Vernon. Mount Vernon is four point two two. I think it's four point two four square miles. And and it's, it's a square. It's called, it's called four square miles. It's four four point two four point two five, I believe it is. And Mount Vernon, New York, New York is, is a very unique place. Very small, but the luminaries that came out of Mount Vernon from Sidney Poitier, Ossie Davis, Ruby D. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And then Mount Vernon High School had eleven pros that made it from Mount Vernon High School over the years. But about twenty of them, twenty more got drafted. Which is wow. a feat unto itself, and yeah. so I started thinking when when I well when I want to do my my documentary I'm sorry when I want to do my film here was a movie when yeah. I was trying to raise money for it I was saying to myself when the book comes out because I had written in a scene where I was going to pay homage to those basketball players that came before me before right. us so what would have been by design in my head a 15 20 minute piece 
Mm-hmm. Just an ad on a DVD to put next to the movie. God yeah. had other, God had other, had other, other thoughts on it because I'm a journalist. I'm a sports writer, so I had, I had access to athletes and so forth and so on in locker room, yeah. or even, even, or even to coaches and general managers. So I, I was able to meet some iconic, legendary Hall of Fame uh, coaches and players. Wow. That either played with Gossam Mount Vernon or played with them. So it was a it was a magnificent ride. By the grace of God, it should be getting public. It, sh- it should be getting finished this year. Well, congratulations on that. No projects that I work on. I should say no, but many of my projects that I work on last decades. Mm-hmm. My book going on forty years. Wow. Uh, my documentary going on twenty something. My, I mean, it's just so many different things that I do. I do. It takes a minute to do it, but I don't get discouraged. I, I know what it's about now, and I just try to help people along the journey. Well, that's your creative method, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, no, I, I want to say, my friend, when I create something, I want it done yesterday. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, same here. <laughs> it don't happen like that. No. You know what I mean? It don't no, happen it like that. Not. So you got to write. That's why, that's why I said patience is a skill. Patience and confidence those are skills that yes, not just it a vir- it's, not, it's not just a virtue uh, yes. or something because of that. No, it's a skill. Yeah. The, well, that's one of my sins because I I'm like you. I want everything done yesterday. I I I I'm learning to have patience, but it like you said, it's very hard. It's very hard. What was it like being a sports writer and covering the New York Knicks and New Jersey uh, Brooklyn Nets? How, what was that like? That was it's still, incredible. It's still an incredible experience. I've been to yeah. All-Star Games. I've been to NBA Finals. I've been to regular season games. I've been, I mean, you name it, I was, I've been there. And I've been covering it for over 25 years. And it's just a, it's a beautiful feeling to be able to be amongst royalty. They yeah. even got my starstruck, but I mean... I was able to be in the locker room with, with LeBron. Wow. I was able to be in the locker room with Shaq. I was able to be in the locker room with Patrick. You know, I mean, certain people that you just grew up, I like, I won't say idolizing, but grew up admiring and watching yeah. them play as a kid. Then yeah. you're, on that, you're on that level as a peer. In yeah. Very minutes. So I love sports. So sports kind of was like right in my wheelhouse. Yeah, that 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 was, it's, it's, I'm still right. Matter of fact, they called me out of retirement. Uh, the Amsterdam News called me out of retirement and asked me what I covered. 20 to 25 games this year and then uh, i might be offered a, another job within within uh, in the writing also that's but great I, yeah. so are you so you you might be coming out of retirement i was going to ask you are you still doing it but you're kind of retired but you might be coming out well, well no, no I, I i am out i, I have articles now i, I can't, they brought me out of retirement i, I kind of like chilled out like especially since the plaque the um the pandemic i kind of didn't do any more uh, sports sports stories but i got a phone call hey hoove i need you with something yeah, I got that. I was like, I got you. Okay, let's yeah. go get it. Yeah, let's that's great. It. And, 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 and it's an extra check too. So how about I'm it? Do, I'm not doing it for free. Ain't nothing going on but the rent, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> for over two years, you worked for a number of online sports publications. What got you into that? Doing well, sports uh, online. Yeah. Well, well, my my, my agent. Former agent, but now he's a big brother. He used to, he used to be my, my literary agent. He didn't know I was a sports fanatic. He just saw me as some guy with glasses, write books. And that was it, which I understand. Yeah. I took him home. We had a meeting somewhere, and I took him. Not so, I, so I took him to the office, and okay. we should have been like a forty-five minute talk. Ended up being an hour, three hours. Oh my goodness. 
three hours. Yeah, the lot in common, right? Yeah, he, but he didn't know that I knew sports the way I did. He was like, oh. I ain't like sports like that. I mean, I knew almost every sport. Yeah. Hockey. He said, I got a guy that, that that's looking for a, a sports writer in New York because he has a, a company that he's sending editors and writers to games across the country. You know, wow. so I live in Florida, you know, type of them. So I met, I met a lot of people that live in other states behind it. We spoke. He said, okay, I'm, I'm going to give you a shot. I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm going to send you an article for you to write, a, a, a subject for you to write. I, I blew the doors off China. I, I, I mean... I gave it. I gave him the business. He yeah. was like, "You're hired. You're hired." And, and, yeah. my, and my first, and my first game back was Michael Jordan's comeback with the Wizards. Oh, that was my first game, and I was sitting next to the ESPN guys, and or they were sitting next to me, you, you, whatever you want to call it. But <laughs> um, yeah, that was my first time. And 25 years later, it's, uh, if my math is right, it might be 30 years. I'm still, I'm still loving it. I was saying, I was saying, I, I was, I was in retirement since the pandemic, to where I wasn't doing anything in uh, yeah. in person. But I got, I got a phone call from from uh, MSM News. Hey, Hovi, uh, can you do this for me? I can do it. Yeah, it was all Oh yeah. You were lecturing and teaching in other countries, man. What what was that like? How did you get? How did you get that opportunity? Again, my big brother, literary agent, put me in touch with the right people from LIU Brooklyn. One day led to another, I got an interview, got this, got that, got certified, got vetted. Here's your class. You know wow. what I mean? And so, so I was able to do that. And, and, and I got to admit, he has put me in places that all I had to do was go there and do me. Set and up, yeah. Tell us what countries you you did lecturing and teaching in. I, I, lecturing and teaching, uh, Belize, China, and... Australia, I think it was. No, not Australia, no. Dominican Republic. I haven't been to okay. Australia yet. That, that, that's coming. The Dominican Republic, Belize, Beijing. Yeah, was it China or what, Canada? Yeah, no, it, it was, it was you know, those. And it was a one, all of them, all of them were great. I, I saw the Great Wall. I was, I went, to, I went on the Great Wall by wow. Tiananmen Square. You name it. It was in China and it was, uh, it was one of those things that we learned in history class. I watched, I went to go look at it. Yeah. So it, it was amazing to go from writing on an ironing board to where I was teaching at a college to where, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. seeing these famous people. What inspired you to write your series books, the hero series? He was my hero to a hopeful hero, book hero from all those sets. Me, me wanting to have the word hero in every title because yeah. it was sending a subliminal message. Because you, the, the characters will see, will read, and hear about themselves, basically, uh, just reading it. And so the premise was to help save a life. Help save a life. Enhance a life, save a life, and, and qualify a life. And by me doing that, God decided to open up doors, build, help me build relationships, do all kinds of stuff. It's become, it's become a powerful thing. And all this time, I ain't got tired yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm still doing it. Yeah. Good for you. I'm interested to check them out. They sound incredible. So basically, you want young people to see the hero in themselves. Is that what your message is in all those yep. books? Yep. Yep. Tap into the hero. Tap into your inner hero. Here we go. We're going to get ready now. Okay. Do you believe in God? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. On, on, on so many levels. Yeah. When did you realize you believed in God? 
really when I was born, since I was born, because we we grew up in my in my church. So when my, my mom had me, she kept me in in church, kept me kept me in line with the church. Uh, I've been running ever since. Yeah. How do you incorporate God into your daily life? Well, I get, well, I, I pray when I get up in the morning, right? That, that's 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 enough. And then I pray certain times of the day. It could be eleven eleven. It could be eight o'clock. It could be three o'clock. It could be twelve o'clock. Or at nighttime, it could be. I mean, I just pray. I pray about at least five times a day. I read scripture or I recite scripture in my mind. I apply the prayer Jabez to my life every day. I've been doing that since. I don't know. I've been doing that for years, for many years, and it works. I pray uh, in season and out of season. And I learned even if I wasn't living a life that I thought God would be pleased with, I mean, nobody really does unless you are perfect. I still pray because I said to myself, I'm not going to run from God. I'm going to run to him. Regardless of how much of a filthy rag I am because of sin and what have you, I'm going to love God anyway. And I think by me having that message, I don't veer too far from him because he won't because he won't he'll keep me in the, in the palm of, of his hands. Yeah. So prayer, prayer, meditation, and water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what What does it mean to you to have faith in God? What does that mean? If someone wanted to ask you, what does it mean to have faith in God? What would be your answer? Knowing that he's a, he's a, he's ever present. Knowing that. He's not like peanut. I mean, he, he ain't just Majini where you could just, he does anything at your command. No, but you know his presence is there. Uh, in season and out, out of season, whether you're happy or not, sad or happy, joyful, whatever the case may be, you know God is there. And having that confidence, having that faith and belief triggers everything else. Because I know if I speak a certain way and believe a certain way, God's got to be, I'm not saying you have to, you have to honor it, but you have a better chance of God honoring that than not. Yeah. Yeah, very, I agree with very, very important. Gerald, I want to thank you so much. We're coming to the end of the show, and I really appreciate it. It was such an honor to meet you and talk with you, and, and that's not just lip service. I'm dead serious. I learned a lot. I felt, you know, that, that God was touching your life, and I could just tell. appreciate you coming on the show. I really do. Thank you so much, and I was having the time to spend with you, and um, I'm glad I'm glad I met I met a new friend going down down the road. Yeah, yeah. How about it? Thank you again, and Thank I you. hope you have a great day. You as well. God bless. Wow, that was a great show. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Well, this is the Wow Show, and I'm your host, China Myers. Thank you for being here. And I want to say thank you I was lost and you found me I was dead inside and you breathed into me And you brought these bones alive I want to say thank you Thank you for saving me Thank you for loving God, you stood with open arms.